Today, yes, we are going to replay part of yeah. a previous podcast. Yeah, we've done reruns before, but we're gonna. Uh, this is a remix. Yeah, <laughs> remix. Yeah, yeah, the club version. Um, <laughs> and the reason is, we really like that. It's podcast. really good. It's really good. Like, you it's guys. something we both like. I. Did the learning while I was doing yeah. the researching, and, and it was blowing me away. And then, as we were podcasting, your mind was blowing up yeah. right in front of me. And even I, I listened to it again um, today so that I could intelligently remember what we actually talked about because I don't remember what I did yesterday. Um, and it brought entirely new like connections and questions and mm. stuff to mind. So it's she got depth. There's some depth in this one. <laughs> I like it a lot. Well, we hope you'll like it as much as we do. Yeah. And not like overwhelming depth either. Not like a, I'm sorry, what, who's Hezekiah? Uh, yeah, I have to sit down with a thesaurus and yeah. a vines. Which, who whatever. is Hezekiah? Do you know who that who's is? He's a king. Okay. That's the first biblical name that came to mind. But there is no book in the Bible called Hezekiah. No, I didn't say there was. Well, no, but people often say, oh, yeah, if in the book of Hezekiah. trying to make something up, it's in Hezekiah 413 or whatever. Oh, I've never heard that. What oh. a weird niche <laughs> that would be. What a weird niche. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, great. Podcasting. <laughs> We're good at this. We've been doing this for years. We're on our fifth season, and we do a lot of making eye contact and going, now what? what? Now what? <laughs> um, so... What are some of the things that are going to be new or different this Christmas season with COVID? I mean, we don't even really know. Alberta's like know. on fire right now. Not as bad as Manitoba, but... Oh, uh, and speaking of which, our admin assistant who lives in Manitoba is she has COVID. Shoot. Yeah. Oh. She's not hospitalized or anything, but yesterday I asked her how she was doing. She said she felt like she had been hit by a truck. Yeah, well, and I have some friends that weren't hospitalized, but they have had some, like, long-standing vertigo since then, oh. and some there are some really scary I know. neurological I know. permanent effects, or oh. permanent from what we can tell. But Carly, I know you're going to be listening to this. We're praying for We're you. praying for you. Yeah. Um, God can heal and does. Yeah. Uh, so, so things are going to be different. Some people are going to be sick. Different. Some yeah. people are going to be missing. Yeah. My uh, 91-year-old mother is Maybe under lockdown. I can't believe she's 91. There's only three cases in her her building, but it could be really different. But when you've got people over days. 90, that's really bad. I know. Yeah. But she was tested, and she's fine. Good. They that's tested good. everyone. They're doing a really good job. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. But I think this year, it's, there's going to be way smaller celebrations. I hope so. Yeah. I There should be. Yeah. This is my plea. Please, I understand it's hard and scary, but please be selfless, selfless this season. Yeah. 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 One of the best. Yeah. Think about Christmas giving as giving people. Health. The, yeah, yeah. Giving people um, the uh, respect of, you know, caring about their health. And and not just the people that you know, the, you know, the people that you don't. The people that, yeah, the, the people who are working Christmas retail hours and mm-hmm. are exposed. To everybody. For hours and hours a day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's figure out how to, how to just be kind. 
to be especially yes. kind to some of those people. I was yes. at the gym um, the other day, and they've increased the rules that, like, it used to be you didn't have to wear, like, once you were in the gym area and you were mm-hmm. working out, you didn't have to wear a mask. Yeah. Now you have to wear a mask if you're resting between sets, if you're walking between machines. Which, good. Um, but the the poor girl whose job it was to tell people that was getting ragged on. Which, and it's not her fault I know. or her policy. She I know. didn't make it up. And so one lady really went off on her and ended up saying she was going to report her. And she was... To who? I know. For what? I know, for doing her job yeah. and doing it politely. She wasn't rude. Yeah, report and me And so for... she left the room, and I kind of put my mask on and followed her out and just said, please don't let that ruin your day. I think people are really frustrated, and they're taking it out on the wrong people, mm-hmm. and it's not your fault, and I don't want it to ruin your day. So please just let that roll off release you. that yeah and she thanked me and then she came back and found me about half an hour later to oh. thank me again and tell me how much that meant to her wow oh i'm so glad you yeah, did that so i how you know awful. that's something that we can all do is just try to be extra kind please try to be kind yeah. and that kind of goes for when you see people that aren't wearing masks either i mean if it's appropriate to gently ask them to put their mask on okay but it is possible that they they really can't wear a mask. For it's some possible that they've got post-traumatic stress disorder, mm-hmm. or, or 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 I know Asthma, when I see whatever when I see people without masks on, I get I get quite angry, and I really have to be like, you don't know, you don't know. Yeah, it's so true. You don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so we probably won't time. be going. We won't be going to church this year. At least I know we won't. Not our, physically. Our certainly. Christmas Eve services are all going to be online. Yeah. Um, yeah. our think, church is our church is doing. I think a really good job of, of trying to um, oh totally compliant serve totally compliant Even and above serve and beyond and but still serve oh yeah so our building people. is being used by the food bank as an good. extra location good. we are actually renovating um, a level of the church um, to make better facilities for people from the mustard seed homeless oh wow people. well the, they've been there since the beginning of the pandemic but they're actually putting in showers and nice really doing a good job oh i love that that yeah, makes me so, so happy. our church is being used a lot even though there's, you know, we can't worship there. Well, we but can, but like, there's, it's like this gin- ginormous sanctuary, and it's like a quarter full. I know. Yeah, it's, but it's, yeah, it's a lot. So, what do you, what do you think? Do you think gifts are going to be different this year? I think there might be a lot more homemade think, gifts. I think so. I mean, for me, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm getting anybody. <laughs> a lot of Amazon gifts, a lot of light gifts, <laughs> uh, which is fine. A lot of pictures of what the gift is going, going to be. To when be. I find yeah, the gifts a lot of there. envelopes. A lot no of envelopes. point in buying clothes. Nobody's going anywhere. Well, and oh, I have no. no idea what size I am. Clothes anymore. are my love language. I, I love clothes, but I'm, I'm also really trying to cut mm. down on my clothing yes. purchases uh, because fast fashion is, this is not a sermon, uh, fast fashion is quite hard on the environment yeah. um, and often is not ethically made. And so I'm really trying to cut back on that and either thrift and alter or mend broken things or um, make things from scratch as much as possible. Yeah, that's really cool. So that's that's what I'm working on, doing my best. It doesn't always work out. Like, nothing fits me. So 
I don't, I'm, I can't make an entire wardrobe in time to yeah. have clothes, yeah. so I have to buy some, but... And yeah. you can't really alter something bigger. No, well, not by much. So not enough. together, maybe? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think there's going to be, I think food's going to be really important this Christmas. I think there's going to be a ton of baking yeah. and cooking. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. And, and I do think that... Um, like, I did my Christmas shopping really early because I had time. I wasn't as busy. And so I don't feel stressed about it at all, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to not feeling obligated to go to gatherings that I don't really want to go to. Yeah. And not because it's not going to be fun or you don't like the people, but just because it's a lot of gatherings. There's just too much. There's sometimes. a lot of gatherings and yeah. you are an introvert. Yeah. So, you know, maybe we're going to... Get back to what Christmas is really about. Yeah, to to borrow the cliche. Um, yeah, I what, think. What is the cliche? What Christmas is really about. Uh, okay. Yeah. But I mean, it's a cliche for a reason. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Do you realize that um, speaking of what Christmas was really all about? Mm-hmm. Mary and Joseph weren't able to spend Christmas with their family either. They sure weren't. Christmas wasn't a thing, but... Well, they were. They had the first Christmas, but they weren't at home. They weren't with their parents. They weren't with their friends. They weren't where they wanted to be. They were with animals, which is where I want to be. (laughs) Do you? Just your cats or any random animal? I'm not picky. Okay, good to know. unkind. Well, when was the last time you learned something new about the Christmas story. I mean, it's pretty familiar. Last year. <laughs> okay. Yeah. When we did this podcast. Yeah. That we're about to share again. Yeah. We'll switch to that literally right now. <laughs> there were sheep herders camping in the neighborhood. They'd set night watches over their sheep. So usually shepherds were on the lowest echelon of society, right? They basically um, camped year round. Mm-hmm. So their lifestyle didn't facilitate you know, observing all the ritual washings of the Jewish faith. And have you ever smelled a sheep? They don't, like, have you ever smelled wet wool? It's yeah, gross. It, yeah, it's it's not excellent. No. It's a little worse than wet dog, it's probably. It's significantly worse than wet dog. <laughs> and so because they couldn't observe all of these um the ritual washing, because mm-hmm. they basically camped all the time. Which was huge uh, in the Jewish faith. Yeah, so they were considered unclean, just like lepers and menstruating women Ugh. and people who had talk, touched dead people. I can't. Oh, just, yeah, let's not go there today. All right. So everybody else avoided contact with them so that they didn't become unclean, mm-hmm. right? Now, most of us have heard pastors point out how beautiful it is that God broke the centuries of silence from heaven to a group of poor, uneducated nobodies, Mm -hmm. showing that Jesus came for everyone. Yep. That is a beautiful thing. But I'm not so sure these guys were just random shepherds. They they weren't just ordinary shepherds. There's actually a lot of evidence that they were Levite shepherds. The shepherds we read about in Luke— were actually fulfilling temple duties. And the only ones who could perform temple duties were the priests, the Levites. We know that they were priests because of the Mishnah. What is the Mishnah, you ask? I didn't ask that. I was busy thinking of the word shiksa, which in my head is similar. (laughs) Okay. I guarantee you it's a different meaning. They're both Hebrew. Um, but the Mishnah is a group of documents that recorded oral traditions that governed the, governed the Jewish people during the time of the Pharisees, so d- during the time Jesus was born. Mm-hmm. One of its regulations states, um, 
It expressly forbids the keeping of flocks throughout the land of Israel, except in the wilderness, and the only flocks otherwise kept would be those for the temple services. Okay. So these shepherds were in the fields surrounding Bethlehem, not out in the wilderness where the regular sheep were kept. That's why we know they must have been priests. Oh, so not lowest of the low then. Not in lowest of the low. Probably huh. still pretty stinky. Yeah, um, but priests. But priests. So hmm. now why would priests perform menial shepherding duties for the temple? Well, it's because the sheep um, were intend- that were raised around Bethlehem were intended to be sacrificed for Passover. Mm-hmm. It was the priest's job to make sure the lambs were... Um, perfect. They couldn't have any blemishes mm-hmm. or broken bones. They they had to be completely unharmed. Yeah, they, the idea is you're purchasing perfection, perfection. basically, with perfection. Yeah. yeah. So these were not your typical poor, poor shepherds. Mm-hmm. Their service to the temple leaders, the Pharisees, elevated their social status somewhat. So somehow there must have been some accommodation for their ritual washing or some accommodation for their lack of ability yeah, yeah, to, washing. to wash um, because they stayed in the fields continuously. Mm-hmm. So likely still quite dirty and somewhat aromatic. Yeah, but at the very least a little educated. Probably, yeah. To be priest. To be priest, To be yeah. rabbi. Yeah. Uh, not rabbi and priest aren't the same thing. Aren't they? No. So rabbi is a teacher. Oh, okay. Priests were all of the tribe of Levi, and they had various temple duties. So I think... Um, there were probably, um, I mean, there was a high priest. There was a bit of a hierarchy. That's super weird. So okay, shepherd- I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. see? Yeah, oh, I learned a thing. Um, yeah, so still probably really low on the Levite hierarchy or the priestly mm-hmm. hierarchy. Um, so it's an ordinary night on the job when mm-hmm. the angel showed up with some very good news. <laughs> I I can only hear you singing this part. Suddenly God's angel stood among them and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. Don't you love how angels always have to, you know, almost resuscitate the person receiving the message before they can start delivering it? Who even knows how they appeared? Like when we imagine it, we see like a white glowing human shaped thing Mm -hmm. talking that's like in the sky. But it could have been like someone on fire walking up to you from behind like a skinny tree. Like we don't know what that looked like. We have no no idea. It could have been they could have had two heads. We don't know. True enough. But, you know, the, the angel starts his message by saying, fear not. Like, don't or, don't be afraid. Don't freak out. Yeah, to the kind of. Yeah. Oh, man, that reminds me of a phone call I got from Kendall. That reminds me of a phone call you got from Kendall. I was on the line when it's that happened. It's never good news when the first thing out of somebody's mouth is, mom, don't freak out. Yeah. And you didn't. She had a car accident. She had her first car accident. And uh, you did not freak out. I did not freak out. I jumped in the car. Of course, Randy was out of town. That's of Mur- Mrs. Murphy's law. Yeah. Anything can go wrong. It will go wrong when Mr. Murphy's out of town. Yeah. And you kind of just were like, I was in bed. And I was like, is everything okay? And you were like, Kendall got into a car accident. Door closes. And I was like, um, <laughs> well, sure. It was pretty funny because after Kendall told me not to freak out, you know, I said, well, is the car drivable? Um, I think so. <laughs> It and wasn't. Like, yeah, all so, the airbags had gone off. So finally, I just said, "Okay, I'm coming." Well, I get close, and I'm seeing 
lights flashing and there's sirens and I'm not talking one siren. No, there's several. There's like two fire engines Couple people there had to go to the and, hospital. Like no one and, died or was seriously injured. There was a concussion. Yeah, it, but it was way worse than she led me to leave oh, on the phone. I so mean, good on her yeah. for not freaking out. She might have been in shock. I don't know. I will say I was in the car with her um, like a month or two later and the check engine light came on and she did freak out. Oh. She, I mean, she's she's a good driver. She is. Um, but she just... I, well, better now at 31 oh, than, yeah, she than she was at, she was at 16. 16. <laughs> yeah, but she did absolutely freak out. Anyway, um, anyway, so that was sort of an angel's way of saying hi. Don't freak out. Yeah, I don't mean, freak it out. Just, it was just a greeting. Um, yeah. So when it, once the shepherds can breathe again, yeah, the angels, the angel continues. Yeah, I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A savior has just been born in Davidstown, Davidston. Um, <laughs> a savior who is Messiah and Master. This is what you're to look for. A baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. Can you imagine going from, like, stable to stable being like, I'm looking for a baby. And some stable boy being like, are, what? What? are you high? Like, what? Okay, we're going to talk about that very about thing. About being high? Okay. No, but about going from stable to stable. Oh, Did that actually happen? We don't know. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, the message said that the baby would be wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. And actually, a more accurate translation of blanket is swaddling clothes or strips of cloth. Now, why is that important? Hold that thought. I will let you know in a few minutes. Also, the word translated manger is sometimes also translated stall. Mm. Either way, we know that the Son of God was born in a place that was meant for livestock. Not super clean. At once, the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in all the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. And although, the, you know, the shepherds probably weren't fully aware of the significance of what was happening, the angel was hand-delivering a message telling them the time for animal sacrifice was nearly over, and they were the first to know. The Christ, the promised Messiah, the priest uh, had heard about from the prophets, the Savior of the world— was finally born, and animal sacrifices were no longer necessary. Really? Were they were they not necessary from the moment he was born? Were they not? Oh, yes. I mean, it continued until... Until his death. Until his death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. bureaucracy of, of eternal life and redemption. <laughs> yeah. You know, it takes a while. It takes a while to process the paperwork, you know. <laughs> so now Jesus would be the ultimate and perfect sacrifice to pay for man's sin once and for all through his death and resurrection. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the... That's a weird image. Withdrew into mm-hmm. heaven, the sheep herders talked it over. Let's go over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running and found Mary and Joseph, just like that, super easy, and the baby lying in the manger. Seeing was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child. All who heard the sheep herders were impressed. Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them near, deep within herself. So it's important that we talk about where the shepherds were and where they were running to. Yeah, I was going to say, this was like probably at least a couple days, not just like a... Oh, no, I think it was the same night. Was it the same night? Yeah. 
There was a place just outside of Bethlehem City, but still within the region commonly known as Bethlehem, where Passover lambs were kept by these specially trained and purified shepherds. Interesting. It was called Migdal Eder. And I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. My Hebrew's a little rusty. What can I say? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Translated, it means Tower of the Flock. Mm. Okay, so because the sheep, there were special sheep, the lambs were born inside the base of this tower. On top of the tower, the designated watchman watched the flocks, and from that height, he could notify the shepherds who were out in the fields about predators in the distance or when they saw a lamb wander off or whatever. So right after the lambs were born, they were placed into a manger for examination. Hmm. It was up to the shepherd performing the inspection to either certify them for use as sacrifices in the temple, which of course made them very valuable, or designate them to be released to be sold for commodities like wool and meat and skin. Holy crap. So before a lamb was ever deemed to be a sacrifice, it was put in a manger. Yes. <laughs> but there's more. Yeah, right? But there's God more. God loves doing that. He loves being very literal with symbolism. It gets better. Remember the swaddling clothes. Yes. According to some historians that I read, the new lambs would even be wrapped in special strips of cloth once they were certified to keep them clean and protect them from getting any scars, which would make them ineligible for sacrifice. So a lot of scholars believe that this tower, this was the shelter Mary and Joseph sought for Jesus' birth when they were turned away from the inn. Hmm. Maybe uh, Joseph knew about this place um, that it was nearby the overcrowded city and that it would be safe and clean and warm. Okay. And here's why this is so fascinating. <coughs> in Micah 4.8, in the New International Version, it says, As for you, watchtower of the flock, stronghold of daughter Zion, which is another name for Jerusalem, the former dominion will be restored to you. Kinged, kingship will come to daughter Jerusalem. So, hundreds of years before Mary ever got pregnant, Micah prophesied that the king of Israel would come to this tower of the flock. Isn't that amazing? That I mean, I don't want to say amazing because it's prophecy. Like, of course it was right. But, <laughs> a, like, if you don't have faith, that's pretty amazing. Okay, so if, if you have faith, it's like, yeah, that I mean, cool. I mean, there's no, there's no way to know 100% no, if of this not. is true. But if this theory is true, and it seems pretty solid mm-hmm. to me after the this research that I did, it places Jesus' birth in the traditional location for Passover lambs to be born. And what did John the Baptist call Jesus? Do you remember? Wasn't it Lamb of God? I but mean, he called him lots of the things. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Mm-hmm. So second, it explains how the shepherds knew where to go to find the baby and why being wrapped in swaddling clothes would have been such a significant clue. Also, why they would have been able to make it there the same night. They were pretty much already there. That's handy. They would have been very close. Wow, that fits so well. I know, right? And finally, (sighs) it explains why the shepherds were the ones to be visited by the angel and receive the announcement that Messiah was born. It was their job. It was their holy calling to certify Passover lambs at birth. I wonder if, 
I always think about the people that were present for Jesus's birth and knew who Jesus was um, early in his life. And like, obviously they already knew he existed and etc. So as he grew and became a quote unquote prophet or more accurately grew into being the Messiah, um, whether they knew and followed with that. And can you imagine being one of those shepherds after Jesus's crucifixion? I wonder if that would ever occur to you. Uh, and if yeah. that would give you I'm guilt, certain, I'm certain they would have followed his life. I think they to would have, have too. I mean, to have had an angel choir sing to you about yeah, something, you don't forget you know? that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it would be a weird period oh, of thirty yeah, some happened. years waiting for him to kind of show up again. But wow! But can like, yeah. I can only imagine, really, how amazed they were when they found the baby lying in a feeding trough, wrapped in swaddling cloth, just like the angels said they would. Mm-hmm. And it's only fitting because one day he would be sacrificed like a lamb for all mankind. He came to be earth to he came to earth to be the perfect lamb without blemish and sin. So we never have to be separated from him. We don't even know who these shepherds were. We don't even know their names. So what what can we learn from these obedient nobodies? Well, first of all, they ran as fast as they could to meet Jesus. They didn't rationalize the angel's message away or make excuses about, you know, who's going to watch Inky, Pinky, and Puffy. They, they believed the angel and they ran to meet Jesus. I think it's apt to ask ourselves, what excuses are we making to put off meeting with Jesus? Maybe busyness or uncertainty, how to go about it? Just go for it. Like the shepherds did. Just go for it. Figure it out as you go. And then the second thing I think we can learn is that they told everyone they could about Jesus. Maybe just read those next couple of verses for me. Yeah. The sheep herders returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they'd heard and seen. It turned out exactly the way they'd been told. So... They weren't the top of the totem pole. They didn't have a lot of status, and they likely smelled really bad. (laughs) But they had a story to tell, and they told it to everyone who would listen. They were chosen to be the world's first Christian evangelists. Mm -hmm. We are also called to be evangelists. We don't have to have a theological education or a lot of training. We can just tell our story of our encounter with God just like those shepherds did. Don't ever underestimate that you have a unique story of what God has done in your life, too. Right? We each have our own unique story. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Christmas is a time when a lot of people are more open to spiritual things. Yep. I would really like to challenge our listeners to invite a friend or neighbor or coworker to a Christmas event at your church or a Christmas Eve service and, and just look for opportunities to share what Jesus coming to earth means to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking at your notes and you've got LIFT here as an acronym. Do you have anything to say about that? Oh, you know me in acronyms. It's you always so kind much. of dangerous. I will say, mom is like, I remember this with an acronym. And then she says the acronym, but she can't remember what it stands for, which is the <laughs> Funniest thing in the world. Okay, I know the lift one because I invented it. Oh, did you? I did. Um, If you're really struggling with how do I reach out to somebody in my world, like Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do, here's a super simple strategy. 
L is just look for the people around you. Yep. Just notice who is in your life that doesn't know God. I is intercede for them. Pray for them. Pray for the needs you know they have and for an opportunity to um, to be Jesus to them in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, F is friend them. So friend as a verb. Yeah. Yeah. Just look for ways to, to be loving to them. Mm-hmm. And then T, be ready to talk when they ask you questions about your life and about your, your story with God. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's handy. So there it is. Well, I think that's a pretty good note to end on. Um, if you found this as mind-blowing as I did, you know, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And um, that's it for us today on Grow on the Go. I'm Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carter. You almost forgot who I almost you are. forgot my name. <laughs> and you're listening to Grow on the Go. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.